0: Visit Screenspec.com to stay up to date on what movies and shows you should be keeping up with.
1: When you said *Spirit Away, I went, oh my god, a Hayao Miyazaki fan. Because no one has chosen a Hayao Miyazaki movie yet, so I'm excited.
0: I know. Well, you know, uh, thank you so much for, you know, having me here, first of all. And uh, well, I did, uh, you know, when you reached out and, you know, you said that, okay, let's have you on. And then I was like panicking because I'm not sure whether to, you know, uh, whether my film choice would clash with uh, someone that you have spoken to before or something like that. So I'm so glad that <laughs> Spirited Away, this will be, you know, it's debuted on your podcast. So yahoo. Nice.
1: <laughs> when, thank you so much. And welcome to Let's Talk for Reals. Um, Basically, it's a podcast where I invite my friends and film lovers alike, and we just talk about their favorite movie. I don't know if you can, you probably can't see him, but I have my little... No. There.
0: No, I do. I see, I'm i seeing it now. Kaonashi, no face.
1: You see Milo, no face. He's always there watching me, uh, right. watching over me. I don't find him to be uh, as malicious as a lot of people do, but we can talk about it.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. we're, we're definitely going to talk about it.
1: <sighs> um, Gwen, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are um what you do uh how you found me (laughs) because (laughs) you're i mean you're an incredible writer you're very accomplished and sometimes i feel like half the people that come on this podcast are just so incredible and i'm just me with my little little ted lasso shirt and my little podcast (laughs) so please introduce yourself
0: well um uh, first of all thank you so much for the kind words and um you know, uh, accomplish. I I think that's absolutely high praise because I still don't think that I am. But um, you know, there's no negativity in that. There's just you know, um, you know, because I don't believe that. That means I always, uh, you know, go out of my way to believe that to host some more room to improve. So no, but you know. That means that means the world. So thank you so much. Um, so yeah, I think you've you've summed me up pretty well. I'm just gonna fill in some extra details. Uh, I'm a I'm a freelance critic writer currently based in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, you know Drake's favorite place, or Beyonce's <laughs> hometown, or the epicenter of a uh, hot girl summer, and eh, if you I don't know, you know you you pick you pick. Houston Houston is a uh, Houston is a beautiful salad bowl so you know you pick your favorite condiments in there and you will always get it right so anyway uh where was i i was so distracted talking about h town um yeah so i'm currently based in Houston uh i write for too many outlets really but that's not a complaint that's not a complaint at all so you can find me on uh you know fangoria uh, slash film uh jump cut online so on and so forth and regarding how we found each other on twitter i think there should be an uh unsolved mystery episode on that because i can't remember i can't remember. But, you know, it will be a very refreshing unsolved mystery episode because by the by the end, by the end of the episode, we will find out the answer as opposed to like, do you know any more information about this, please call this number and all But you know, we're we're not going to end like that. So it will be something original for sure. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry if I'm blattering on.
1: (laughs) No, I love I mean, where do I even begin with that kind of introduction like? I'm obsessed that you already brought up Drake, Beyonce, in the beginning of this podcast, and I and Megan T.
0: Megan T. Stallion,
1: Ooh. oh Megan T. Stallion. Mm-hmm. I mean, Megan D. Stallion is just that's an artist. Okay. And yes. Yes. I can't. I can't think about the fact that she's younger than me and already twenty to fifty times more successful. Like,
0: um, same. The feelings uh, mutual. The anger, maybe. No, not anger. The jealousy is also mutual, I believe.
1: (laughs) The envy that rises. No, just kidding. Megan D. Stallion, we love you.
0: Um, Uh, Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, congratulations on uh, uh, her recent recent graduation as well. So, you know, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool.
1: An academic, a rapper, an artist, a dancer. I mean.
0: Yeah, she, she got it all. She got it all. <laughs> anyway, I mean,
1: thank, you. <laughs> thank you for that,
0: Megan T. Megan T. Stallion and Spirited Away. Now, <laughs> how how do we how do we make a perfect transition to that,
1: well, or do we know. just go?
0: <laughs> but anyway, Spirited Away. I, I don't know. You, you're you're the leader of this podcast, so go ahead.
1: <laughs> I do believe you know um, Hayami Yasaki. I don't know is 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 he considered like is his art form considered anime?
0: Huh. I would say that's a very, very good question. And I will uh, confess that I'm not that much of an expert regarding, um, you know, animated works coming from uh, Japan. So uh, I do believe that there are better resources for you Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, for you to consult. But however, if you have to ask me, I would say I don't consider that anime because um, and again, like I said, uh, I could be wrong. But then, you know, just a personal belief um, anime is uh, tends to be episodic, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, it can go on. It can go on for it can go on for seasons. It can go on for years and then it can, you know, go dormant. And then out of sudden, like, hey, there's a new OVA, there's a new, uh, you know, hey, our characters just grow up or, you know, hey, our characters in chibi form or something like that. So, you do not I, I don't know. But um, I've always considered um, Hayao Miyazaki's and to a larger extent uh, Studio Ghibli films to be feature films uh, in and of itself. But the only difference is that, you know, they just don't have uh, flesh and blood actors. That's all.
1: Uh, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I agree. And his feature films are, their are Miyazaki's films are a world that when I inhabit it and I just put on a Miyazaki film, whether it's Howl's Moving Castle, um, Spirited Away, Totoro, or um, Ponyo, I just like, I feel so much joy, so much love. Right they're like a warm hug but in the most intellectual fulfilling emotional way ever so i don't know how do you feel about miyazaki films
0: no i would say that that's a perfect encapsulation of uh, miyazaki's films and um i would also say uh your uh, your sentiments are exactly why i believe that you know even if even if we consider, you know, uh, the, those works, Studio Ghibli works as anime, I would always find, you know, use the reasoning that you said word for word just to say that, no, they're actually 10 leagues above that. So, um, and, you know, you're, you're exactly right. They, 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 do, they do what good films do. Mm-hmm. It's just that they transport you to another place but again the only difference the only point of difference is just that it's all hand drawn as mm-hmm. opposed to you know go on set you know uh, consider blocking or consider uh, the actor this actor standing over here or or oh and this is and this is the this is i think it's a good point they don't have to consider the laws of physics or mm-hmm. any natural law at all they just go hog wild with whatever they have on screen. So, and, and and I think that that's always a good thing because, you know, live action films, of course you have to consider a whole lot of other things, but here like, oh, I'm animating this. I can do whatever I want. So, you know, there's great, there's extreme freedom in that. And I think that's what uh, creativity is all about, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean... And you can just tell how much love and care and attention to detail there are in these films, and especially how universal they are. They transcend age, culture, just everything. Because, you know, on a surface level, you see, for example, you could just see a, the cover of the film, of one of his films, um, like Bono and you're like, oh, this is a kid's film. And then you watch the film, and it's so much more than that. I mean... Right it's not just like coming of age it's how to deal with like your body changing your parents changing with um life and death and i don't know they're just beautiful works of art i'm a huge huge miyazaki fan just because of how much i still connect to those movies to this day um which you know how do you feel when it comes to those Type of connections.
0: Yeah, it's um it's exactly like that for Studio Ghibli films because um you know on the, uh, uh, on a surface level as well there are there's uh, there's like y- you can make two clear sectors two clear distinctions about you know the kind of animated uh, features that Studio Ghibli produces uh, you have the. Um, uh, Let's just uh you know, for, for argument's sake, let's just say it's Miyazaki High Fantasy mm-hmm. uh titles and you do have Slice of Life ep- uh, films that um who was it? Oh, how could I forget his name? I'm so sorry. Isao Takahata's films like okay. Grave of the Fireflies or Only Yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, you, so you have you have high fantasy and you have slice of life. That's on the surface. However, like exactly like you said, when you watch, you know, any title from Studio Ghibli, they actually intersect. They actually interact. They actually share common themes. High fantasy, high fantasy works have grounded messages, and grounded messages are all about dreams and, you know, some brushstrokes of high fantasy. So it's just like you said, it's so it's so universal and it works on all levels it's more it's more than a kids film of course mm-hmm. you know the the art style the colors they may appeal to kids but then they are never for kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's also i would say that is the best kind of magic that spirited away has because it's a film that grows over time you watch it at 8 years old it means something to you you watch it at 14 it means some other thing to you and i recently watched it at 29 and it means totally something different to me as well so you know it's it's more it's more than just it's more than just animation it is something else that i don't believe that there's a word for it yet but Closest to that, I guess it's just transcendental drawn media. There will yep. be a more, there will be a more elegant word for that, I'm sure down the line. But uh, let's just call it that for now, if that's okay with you.
1: What that's more than okay with me because it is a Yay! transcendental experience. It's like a transcendental experience, especially with Spirited Away. With, you know, it depends on who you ask. But I, I like to think that generally, Spirited Away is Miyazaki's most iconic and most recognized mm-hmm. um, to me they all are but spirited away tell me because i like to you know have my guests kind of tell us what the film sure. is about tell us what spirited is about
0: right so um wow like one sentence, one sentence summary, 60 seconds, 50 we'll seconds. How, how, how do words, I do how this? Do,
1: what is this movie about in three words? No, I'm just kidding. As many oh, seconds okay. and minutes as um,
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to try and do my best. I'm going to try to be uh, as elegant and concise as possible. But okay, here he goes. Uh, drum roll, please. No, no, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> <In the table. laughs> okay. So um, to me, Spirited Away is about a girl named... Uh, Chihiro, who recently moves out of the city into a new place. But, uh, you know, during that, during that process, she stumbles upon a pathway to a totally different world where, you know, she will go through a coming-of-age experience like no other kid her age.
1: I mean... That's probably the best way to describe this movie, especially, I, you know, it's, it, it came out in the early 2000s, but you never know who might end up stumbling and watching this film. Um, but something about this movie that's, I, so I was born in Venezuela, which is a South American country. Hey. Um, yeah. I mean, and I moved to United States when I was seven, and then we moved right. again from South Florida to Central Florida. So, Shihiro has always been very close to my heart because, you know, we know she enters this, like, other world and it's a bathhouse and the bathhouse has different levels and it has to do with, like, growing up and what happens when you lose that innocence, which is when her parents turn into pigs because they eat the food they're not supposed to eat and Shihiro's trying to get back home. And so that whole experience where she's so frustrated, she's so scared, and she doesn't know what she's doing, and she doesn't know how to you know, leave the bathhouse, it's always been a very close experience to me, just because those feelings, I've lived those feelings. What kind of, to you, what kind of personal connections did you have with Spirited Away?
0: Huh. Well, I would say um, it is you know at first it was um let me see if this is the right word it was promoted to me it was presented to me that's that's a better word it's it was presented to me as a japanese version of alice in wonderland mm-hmm. and also when you uh, dig deeper into the film you will know that the original title is something that is much longer but however it I think it better reflects what the film is all about. It's um, Sen and the disappearance of Chihiro. Mm. So, to me, the film, to me, the film is, you know, it's on the surface. Again, I think we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna be doing that a lot <laughs> in this <laughs> podcast. And regarding you know Studio Ghibli films in general, on the surface, it is an it is an adventure film. It is about, you know, a girl stumbling into oh. kind of like a hazardous new world and how is she going to try and navigate to safety. But, you know, under that, it's about, it's about this, it's about a girl who is in need of growing up. Or you can say that a girl who will grow up and everybody's, uh, every everybody's maturity, um, you know phases chapter is always different and here is a very distinct uh maturity process for this character you know and uh i i really like what you said about you know the bathhouse having different floors as well and because again um okay i think this is all, uh, one of the better details about you know supporting my um idea about the film being you know different uh, a different experience well, uh, when you watch it at different ages, the bathhouse is like a microcosm of capitalism, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but you know, like back then, eight years old. What what do you what do you think of it? You just think of it as oh, hey, it's a bathhouse with oh you know, no, the, I was with...
1: going. We live in a society, and uh, yeah. In this capitalist society, we are being consumed. No, I'm just kidding. At eight, I was just like fascinated by. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so uh all right so just just, you know uh let's get back on uh, let's get back on track a little bit (laughs) so yeah i um again i always um i always associate the film to you know being uh the stepping out of your shell you know just to uh overcome your and i i don't mean this word in a negative way at at all but it's just you know what it is you know um you know, overcoming your childishness mm-hmm. because eventually you have to become an adult. So, you know, overcome your childishness, overcome your anxiety and losing innocence, but at the same time, preserving that little bit of it, the, the very little bit of it so that you remain you. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this world transforms in some way, some form, either because of a spell or either because you know they just they just have the ability to, but then at the end of the day, um, you know if you you cannot you just try and do your damnness to don't lose that little that very the the root of innocence pretty much because um, I think that unfortunately as you go through life or as any character going through a film. They will have to lose their innocence in order to move on to the next chapter or to make it to the end credits. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then there is always a way, and this is, this is always a test you know, for them. It's just that will you shed every bit of innocence that you have or will you just shed enough of it so that you can preserve the root of it, and then you reframe it so that you stay you, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: This I mean, just went I... existential all of a sudden. <laughs> I am so sorry if, no. if that's not the <laughs> vision of this <laughs>
1: podcast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he just came up with this. like he He really just came up with a thesis, a conclusion, an entire work of art. Uh, and yeah, right. on this film in like what 10 minutes do,
0: do, do you want to see my id because i don't think i'm 29 <laughs> i might have been 92 or 57 or something you like know, that what? i'm get, so sorry get,
1: get so out of sorry. this podcast how dare you, <laughs> <laughs> do, you over? do you want to host now <laughs>
0: um <clears throat> um no no no. Did, no did i express my intention that i want to host no,
1: I, I didn't. <laughs> this is a coup i knew it <laughs> no i mean <laughs> I mean, I I, I I, have to agree because something I love about Miyazaki and Ghibli films is that a lot of the films have a female protagonist, which Ooh. I adore. I absolutely adore. And something about Shihiro that I, I love was that at the beginning, she's a brat and she's so <laughs> annoying and... I'm just like, oh God, not this, not this bratty girl who has these incredible great parents, albeit a little bit absent, a little bit, you know, like, oh, we have a child, and suddenly they look in the back and they're like, Oh yeah, we have a child. Um <laughs> no, but um and then you kind of see her unfold and you see her mature, but Shahiro's still there. Like you you see, you know, you see the child in her still there. But you see her have a crush. You see her suffer. You see her grow. You see her become someone who is not so dependent on that authority figure anymore and challenges those structures, um, especially the witches' structure. Um, that I find so lovely in Miyazaki films. Um, what do you What do you think about? this world that Miyazaki has built and like how we are forced to navigate it through a female protagonist like Shihiro.
0: Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> all of Miyazaki's uh, lead characters, or actually I would say generally all of uh, Studio Ghibli's you know, uh, female leads, regardless of age, they're all praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, they all they all have this. You know, how how do I say it? They, it's it's sort of like, despite their small size, or despite their uh, you know, and uh, their despite their smallness, I would say not not size. I'm sorry. Despite their smallness in the world, mm-hmm. or. Um, their smallness when standing next to certain like big mythical characters they they always have a nuclear reactor inside them that is much stronger than the you know the bigger figure or the bigger elements of the world that is uh, that you know that is that are all around them and it's it's also the very force that pushed them to do what they shouldn't be doing what they are told they shouldn't do, Mm -hmm. but they should, otherwise the world will crumble. Otherwise their world will crumble. So here we have, you know, for the case of Spirited Away, we have a girl who stands up to capitalism. We have a girl (laughs) who stands up to greed. We have a girl who, you know, challenges, who, you know, who dares to challenge the, the, the system. Or you know, just to be even more specific about a system that uh, that finds benefit in child labor,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and you know, it's not only not only does that make the character make Chihiro somebody different in that world, but it seems like that is the that is the very reason why that world will change for the better. Uh, And, you know, it's small, it's, it's small, it can be whiny. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. maybe you know, doesn't know how to navigate the world, but it will cause a seismic shift that nobody can anticipate. And I think that's also a very motivational message in all of Ghibli's films as well. It's just that, the very character that you think the least of will do something that is beyond all of their imaginations. Because everybody in Spirited Away, well, except for Chino, of course, seems very complacent yeah. with seems very complacent or just quiet resistance <laughs> in you know in their state of being. But hero whether you know purposefully or just you know accidentally because she is of another world she is mm-hmm. she is a different kind of, she is a very different kind of fish that is swimming in very different waters it's just because she is fresh it's just because she doesn't know anything about this world that is why she will she will be she will you know she will motivate herself to explore stuff she will motivate herself to see things in a different way and doesn't change come from all of that, from being able to see things at a different angle.
1: So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's that that's what makes not just uh, Miyazaki's heroes so compelling, um, but Shihiro in particular, because I've now, like, I want to talk about No Face because No Face represents almost like a neutral force in between these two sides of the spectrum where we have either complacency or um, oppression and then we have the receiver of that oppression which is Shahiro and everybody else
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but then no face just it, He's supposed, or it is supposed to be some kind of spirit for, force that just takes and takes and takes and takes. But we had people in the bathhouse make the assumption that it, it's an evil taker, it's taking for the sake of taking. But then what you hear is No Face going, Oh, be my friend. Instead of engaging in a good natured way like Shihiro does eventually with No Face they just act in fear so it's like you have this idea of fear with oppression and with care all these things are going on at the same time what do you kind of perceive no face in terms of shihiro and all these elements that are going on in the movie
0: no face to me is um again and this is also something that i you know i would uh, i would only realize uh, at you know in subsequent watches or in in my watching of this film when i got older <laughs> it's just that um you know no face is the only character that uh, and i think i'm going to just base this off of the english translation of the names Mm -hmm. that no face is the only character whose name even after translating it is a description rather Mm -hmm. than a proper name you know so and he and well it the spirit it is to me like an actual blank slate and i would even say even though it seems to be like you know to the people of the bathhouse uh kaonashi it's um how do you say it? It's kind of like a regular presence, mm-hmm. or you know, it's been hanging around for uh, who knows how long, but obviously much longer than you know a uh, a 10-year-old girl. But to me, it seems like it's it's a character that's even much younger than Jin Hiro, much more useful than Jin Hiro, mm-hmm. because if we're talking about you know uh, the, sub- the the subject of innocence. No-Face is the only one that absorbs everything around it and becomes whatever it is absorbing. Mm -hmm. And who does that? Kids. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know any better. And which makes it very ironic when, you know, the people of the bathhouse keep saying that, oh, it's a danger, oh, it's a risk, oh, it's very Mm -hmm. evil. But, um, (laughs) guys... (laughs) <laughs> it's le- it's learning that from y'all. It's learning yes. that from you.
1: The call is coming from inside the house. Exactly. So <laughs> from the bathhouse.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, so you know it's just um, it's a very it's a very fascinating character, and you know it speaks to a lot to Miyazaki's attention to uh, absolutely admirable attention to detail regarding uh, no face because no face doesn't speak no face has no expression but you know what it's going through but then you kn- you can kind of like get a hold on what it's feeling at the time so strictly through movements so it's such a f- such a fascinating character and I would say, you know, it's um, only because it doesn't fit the uh, conventional uh, definition of kind of like a lead character. Mm-hmm. But, but otherwise, I think No Face is would, you know, in some ways, Spirited Away lead character. Or just because it has so many fascinating layers to dive into and that we can dive into, but we'll never get a confirmation because it works the way the way that the character works is exactly like how it like how it is in the film. it just absorbs everything and it will become anything that you know you theorize about it so
1: it's
0: <sighs> it's so interesting like that it's it's kind of like uh um, what do you call it um that clay that clay thing when you want mo- is it a call a putty
1: a um, putty yeah 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 like, so, yeah.
0: But it eats a lot, though. This party eats a lot, so you know. Uh, but other than that, it. but other than that, same principle, same physics.
1: I love no face. I mean, no face breaks my heart, which, like you said, it's a testament to Miyazaki's attention to detail because there is no dialogue with this particular character. It's a spirit. It's it's like it's a blank slate, and like it seems like an enigma that is also very childlike and very vacant in some ways but also filled with so much emotion because when it's eating and it keeps eating you can feel Mm -hmm. its frustration and its anger it's like i want to see shihiro and like shihiro comes and like just cuts it immediately
0: right oh
1: feel that it's palpable and it's not saying anything but it's you know it's it's action Mm -hmm. like a cover.
0: You know, and now that and now that you mention it, it's um it's actually looking to Chihiro as its mentor. Yes. And isn't that, you know, one of the finest proof that, you know, oh look, Chihiro, our girl, she grown. She she has grown. She has become an adult because there's a baby, you know, asking her for advice. Pretty aggro baby, but hey, all babies are. <laughs> so
1: at the end of the day, aren't we adults still babies? At what point do we stop being babies?
0: <sighs> At the very point where we are asked to shed our innocence, but again, you know, being an adult is choosing to shed how much.
1: Yes. Agreed. I mean, I just think of I just think of because I have I have three nieces and a ne- and a nephew. And <laughs> I just think how goddamn smart they are. <laughs> not just for their age. Like just children are very susceptible and they're very smart and they're deceptively uh, just wickedly intelligent. And I, that's why I love spirited away so much is because she here, all she needed was a different environment to kind of let that maturity just n- nurture itself. That, it's it's so funny to see No Face see her as a mentor and as like someone he you know it listens to it at the end of the film and then it's Shihiro who who you know gets herself out of trouble you know mm-hmm. she does get help but it's only her willingness to learn and ask for that help and mature and stop being that brat that we see at the beginning of the film
0: mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know considering with the you know the the. Um... The ways of the uh, current world, you know, the mm-hmm. the way that the current the world is currently going, it's um <laughs> oh, and again, this is just I guess this is just another proof that you know the film grows up with you. It's you know in the beginning, you know, for a very well for quite a sizable stretch of the film, we see that um, you know Chihiro she she needs she she is very needy. Mm-hmm. not not a fault this girl is lost in a world that she doesn't know about so obviously you need help uh i need i need assistance from uh, haku i need assistance from you know uh oh for for the life of me i can't remember the name of the boiler guy he's oh
1: yeah and then the woman that um kind of basically other figure yeah
0: yeah it's uh some translations have her as Rindo. So it's either Rin or Lin, you know, which, whichever works. But Kamaji, I think that was the boiler guy's name, but I don't know if it's wrong. You can edit it out.
1: <laughs> no, it's staying. it's staying the whole, no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, she's, uh, she's very, she's very needy. She's always in need of um, help or request. And she sometimes is forced to say yes to things that she shouldn't say, but then there's no other choice for her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what I'm trying to go with this is that, you know, at the end, when, uh, you know, No Face has become monstrous and, you know, it's just decides that it wants, to, it wants to see her and she keeps saying no. And then it's just things that... um, Okay, maybe she just needs more gold. But she keeps refusing mm-hmm. and, you know, the you know, with the current way of the world and especially with, you know, with the state of reality that we are living as well. Um it seems to be very hard to say no to certain things. Even though it will drain you, even though it will exhaust you, but then sometimes you have to be grudgingly well, not sometimes. Most of the time you are expected even to begrudgingly say yes in order to move forward. But then you should not. If you don't feel safe about it, if you don't feel secure about anything, say no. There's a whole lot of power in saying no. And growing up actually is to know which one to say yes, which one to say no. And that's and I think G Hero and No Face are two characters that are central to, you know, demonstrating that aspect.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you teach children integrity in a world that is hell-bent on letting you have anything but that? And mm-hmm. it, it's, Shihiro is, is, it's just, it's an, it's very rare to see these kind of female heroes, not heroes, I don't want to say hero because it's it's like I I conjures imagery of like perfection but it you know her story is like a hero's journey um Mm -hmm. where she ends up learning about herself and everybody around her but I think this film just kind of teaches children and us as human beings because like you said it's a movie that grows with us and with us it grows reminds us of you know we we each have a role in our lives to kind of maintain and preserve that integrity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <clears throat> which kind of kind of leads me to what else has this film taught you over the years as you've rewatched it in different facet- facets of your life?
0: Um, I would say uh, its definition of or you know its understanding. And that's more appropriate, I think. It's understanding of what love means. Because at maybe, let's just say, between ages 8 and 12, what Spirited Away teaches me about love is that, oh, hey, if your potential suitor is a boy dragon, (laughs) hell yeah, I'm gonna fall in love with that guy. But, you know, at... Around, say, 20 to 29, or maybe, you know, I would say 16, 16 to 29, 16 onwards, I would say, it's not about, you know, it's not about, you know, like, uh, you know, loving someone mythical, loving mm-hmm. someone extraordinary, but being able to love someone who is different than you, being able to love someone who who is in need of help, but has no way of verbalizing it. It's... Uh, so, love is not... Well, to the film, I would say, what it's trying to say is that, you know, love is really about physical affection, mm-hmm. but empathy. And that is that's the root of love but then a lot of people just you know think uh, love as a conquest but you know love is a love is a learned experience I would say love is an experience that needs to be learned more like it's not something that you can go and you know uh and colonize
1: <laughs> if, if that's it, if,
0: if if that's the right way to phrase it yeah
1: yeah, the the idea that love is an action that it is something that you have to work at. It's not because that you know you talk about Haku and like when he you know he's a beautiful majestic dragon and Shahira was like mesmerized, but when he turns into a mouse, she's just as empathetic and like. Did he love. turn into a mouse? Was it a mouse? He turned into a mouse, didn't he?
0: No. Uh, Who Bo. turned? In- bow Bo, the Yubaba's baby
1: that's the one that turned into a mouse
0: yes all right didn't we're he, gonna have to edit that out
1: <laughs> oh Haku turned into something else didn't he no he fought and he got hurt mm-hmm. he, he turned
0: still... he turned wild he turned wild he, he turned...
1: Okay. because
0: there's oh, because there's a very beautiful dedicated shot of uh, Haku all bloody up and in dragon yes. form
1: That's and the one I was thinking yeah. of. Here it is. See, I have him right here. He's he's still hot. And he still can get it in his bloody dub dragon. Mm-hmm. Sure. How, Thank, how thanks, for share,
0: thanks for sharing.
1: Thanks for sharing. We don't going to in this podcast so we're going to Okay. Not, no, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think the idea that uh, i just i think of myself at 13 having my first crush and i just think of shihiro when she first sees haku and she's just like (gasps) but then it becomes about saving him his life and like also at the end letting him go which is so tragic if you're 13 but then when you're 16 and older and you're like oh okay you Mm -hmm. know she had to do this for her parents and like the idea of love being not just romantic love but love for other people that mm-hmm. perhaps are not your family people that um i'm trying to remember do you remember the first time Shahiro has to tend to a client and he's like this giant turnip disgusting... yes and then <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to take care of turnip <laughs> <laughs> And Shihiro's like, you know what, fine, I'll do it. And she, you know, she dedicates herself to the cause. And it's like, it's those type of actions. It's like sacrificing yourself for others. And sometimes it's cleaning up someone who's very dirty. And Exactly, like that, beautiful.
0: you know, like the river god that nobody wants to touch. But then, you know, if you don't take care of that person, how can that person become the, you know, be return to the godly form that they've always had on them you know do you just you just deject and reject Mm -hmm. them based on their current appearance when they are always more underneath
1: yeah i mean the literal yeah (laughs) the literal more (laughs) no yeah i mean it's it's a beautiful film about community and care and love and growing up which leads me to these final 15 minutes all right I just love asking these questions because what are some of your favorite scenes from Spirit Away? Because there's there's a lot. There's a lot of good, not just visually, but just emotionally driven and concocted scenes with the score. And what are your favorite scenes?
0: I'm now very scared of, you know, of this podcast coming out into the world because these are all very hard questions and I didn't know how I <laughs> how, how am I doing how I did or you know but anyway did you
1: not hear me say that Haku turned into a mouse um, because that wasn't him
0: no 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 it's just uh, you're asking me to really like okay pick three favorite scenes from your all time favorite <laughs> film I like, scene it
1: doesn't have to be three it could be just one
0: okay um Okay, I would have to say. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two. Uh, you know, the first scene that you know I really, really like is, of course, you know that closed, uh, that, that dedicated frame of, uh, you know, the hands of uh, mm-hmm. Jihiro and Haku having to be apart because she has to go home. Am I getting emotional oh, I am, I'm kidding, but yeah, it's um not only because not only because it's heartbreaking because it's you know it's it suggests an ending because you know growing up you know for some people they say that it's a never ending process, which is true, but then at the same time i'm also of the school of belief that you know growing up has its own phases and there are certain phases that you have to close in order you to move on and you know that dedicated shot of the hands departing mm-hmm. that is a that is closure and if i remember correctly it it stirred something in me because suddenly when the um you know when the shots of the hands come up, the film got really quiet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: While, uh, if I remember correctly, that scene they were they were at the uh, you know the green pasture that would uh, that overnight would like flood uh, would be flooded, and it's really windy. But then suddenly you didn't you don't hear the wind anymore. You don't mm-hmm. even hear the music anymore, and it's just you know just two hands of two best friends leaving, <laughs> and you know it's. Now, whenever people ask me, you know, what are some of your, you know, all-time scariest sequences, obviously, that would be a horror fan or a horror friend asking me that, but I would always sneakily try to you know, or not sneakily, but subtly in my head, put down the ending of Spirited Away. (laughs) Because whenever that scene comes up, I would be so, so sad. Because I know that, well, one, this magical experience is ending mm-hmm. and two it's just it's so it's so heartbreaking because she has finally accomplished what she wants to do in uh as much as you know trying to get out of this weird place and as much as i have finally grown up and i thank you for the people who have you know helped me do so but now i gotta live in a different form so okay anyway the uh, second my second scene let me let yeah thank you, you for
1: breaking me. my heart and you're like all right next up
0: well mm-hmm. you know all hot boys gotta leave you right all hot <laughs> boys or hot girls or you know your you know the very all your hot dates will leave you at some all point your hot dates. so <laughs> might as well you know just do that now you know you're <laughs> handing me a beautiful vase let me just mash it right there and then and say okay girl this is your reality
1: you know <laughs>
0: You know i'm not you know life life is life is not uh what do you say life is not like uh, life is not a boat on a lake that is still never
1: how dare you speak for yourself my life at all times disney movie miyasaki movie studio ghibli movie
0: all right well anyway uh true story uh there was this there was this girl that i really liked and I was ready to move on to the next chapter with her. But before I could do that, she decided to leave me because she said I was too kind. She you said that She said that to her friends. And the next thing I know that she uh, found someone who is um, younger than her. So I was like, okay, I'm disappointed. But that's okay. Because people, people have their phases. People close their chapters. And sometimes hands got to come apart. So... <laughs> If if that's the case, then okay, that's fine. Yes, anyway, sorry. Sorry. Hands. Rewind. Um my second favorite scene, of course, is the train sequence. Oof. That train sequence will never cease to stop growing new layers whenever I rewatch the film. Did she die? Some some theories, some very convincing theories I've read says that. And I tend to agree because sometimes you sometimes for certain, uh, you know, maturity process, you need to be at the proximity of that. You need to be able to touch the proverbial veil in order to know, oh, so that's my boundary. If I cross over, something will change. Or if I can take a peek at what's beyond, then I will reach a revelation and then I'll grow up or you know it could just be a very or you know all that all that it is it's just that it's just a very casual sequence that shows off some of the more subtler side of Miyazaki because to be frank I think Miyazaki is a very bombastic director
1: mm-hmm. he
0: can make an action set piece like <laughs> a lot, a lot, but that train sequence was totally different to the sequence immediately before, or the whole film in general up to that point. Actually, because it was so, it was so serene. It was so. The characters are not our characters are not even the are not even the domin- the, the dominant factor mm-hmm. in that sequence. It's just. The train, the sea, the sky, and the music. And the music from Joe Hisaishi was the, you know, I would say is the protagonist of that, of that whole sequence. And what is it about? Does, he, does it even have any other deeper meaning besides a train station to uh, a trip on the train to a place far away? I don't know. But at the same time, I do know there might be something in it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry for be, I'm sorry for being vague, but that is just that is just the that is just the truth of that sequence for me. And it's it's always it's always so magical. It is you know how in collateral Jamie Fox character has that uh whenever he's dressed out and then he would look at the Maldives photo just to you know get away from the Los Angeles side of things a lot. Yes. That train sequence is my Maldives photo.
1: Oof. I just got chills.
0: <laughs> I I would I would sometimes I would go on you know not long drives but I would just drive around and then just put on that song I think it's called The Sixth Station on the soundtrack and I would just cruise around until that song ends because it's taking me somewhere somewhere else maybe just to that sequence or to somewhere else beyond that sequence I don't know. I can't tell you, but I am at a different place when I'm hearing that.
1: Uh, It's just, it's kind of like no face. It's no land. It's, you're nowhere, but you're somewhere at the same time. Exactly.
0: Um, Exactly. And,
1: I love that sequence. And
0: I think, and I think that's, that's what Spirited Away is all about, you know. It's this place that is very real, but at the same time, it's not. So, Isn't that like growing up where, you know, do you, you think that you are because the years change and obviously if you do some simple maths, you know, your age has changed or, you know, depending on the, what kind of calendar you're using even, I mean, I'm, I'm 29 in the Western calendar, but in the, you know, the lunar calendar, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I I went on thirty already. You know I'm I'm Jennifer Garner at the the the, the, the you know the, her ladder her her character's ladder face. I'm a, I'm on thirty already. So <laughs> that's that's what it is. Because sometimes you believe that you've grown up, but then, and then the world just says that, uh oh, babe, you ain't you haven't. So what is it? How do you how do you define it? So, Spirited Away, it's just kind of like a very specific and a very artistic way of articulating maturity, and I think that it's just doing a it, it it's just a fantabulous job of that. And obviously, we have one of the best ending shots of it as well. It's just Chihiro walks out of the tunnel, and then you know she looks back, and then we are here doubting. Did all of that happen? Why did this sequence is exactly why is she exiting the tunnel in exactly the same manner as she entered it? But right at the moment when we doubt that, oh, you know, nothing happened. She just had a very long dream. And then you saw her, and then you saw the Mm hairband. And then you know. Girl, you grown up, you did you did you did travel to the different place you grew, and you grew, but then she grew, but she looks the same there's that there's that limbo uh you know balancing act between the real and the unreal, and again, I think that's what maturity is all about, and I think that's what living is all about, really it's just balancing between the real and unreal you're two feet, your ten toes are down on the earth, but then it doesn't hurt to dream. It doesn't hurt to go to a different place because you know, it doesn't hurt to ask questions. It doesn't hurt to be curious. Oh god, this just went really existential again. I'm so sorry. I'm slipping. I'm slipping.
1: This is the whole point, and we're gonna end it on that note, you know.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry, but...
1: No, living is dreaming and dreams are part of our maturity and part of our process. And when like final parting thoughts, because what you just said was incredibly powerful. And I do think that that sequence invokes those kind of feelings, especially the way the film ends, which is incredibly vague the way it ends. No one can tell us, I think that it has a concrete ending of like, oh, yeah, she for sure dreamed this or she for sure went through this or she's dead or she's alive. Forget the lost ending. Spirited away, that's (laughs) the most (laughs) controversial ending. That's what we should be debating.
0: Will will we be calling, uh, will someone, you know, between one of us, will one of us be calling Damon Lindell off afterwards? Just, you know, like, sir, sorry, but your lost ending got nothing on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Flop absolute flop <laughs> <representing> flop flop <laughs> <Washington>, flop straight <laughs> away that's a winner
0: that's a hit that's a top <laughs> but anyway um i mean i mean i took a lot of time describing on my only two favorite scenes but you know just um i'd like to hear what's your favorite scene
1: mine oh my god i love the establishing the establishing shot of the bathhouse when she's about to cross the bridge. It's a great, great scene. I mean, just stylistically talking about how this film is all hand-drawn. It's a feat in artistry, and it's also like... We've all had that moment when we're kids where we realize, oh, shit we're not kids anymore we all have that moment where we can feel the earth drop and it's both it's it's magnificent but it's also fucking scary um and she just looking up and looking at this bridge and looking at this beautiful bathhouse but also feeling incredibly scared that's my favorite scene
0: hmm Excellent pick. And I would say, you know, that is, you know, and I would add on to that. It's just that's our that's the uh, you know the Western equivalent of that is, you know, <laughs> Judy Garland realizing that she's not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Judy Garland's character in Oz realizing oh, um Dorothy,
1: was it? Uh yes, I believe her name's Dorothy.
0: Okay, yeah. So she's not that that is oh I'm not in Kansas anymore moment. So mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs>
1: Gwen, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about probably one of my favorite films. It is in my top 10, for sure. Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: No, um, I would have to say I'm the one who should be, you know, thanking you for, you know, bringing me on because obviously one hour is not enough. But no. But hey... <laughs> But hey if that's a if that's a limit if if where hands have to part if that's where uh you know books have to be closed, then you know might as well so be it, and you know part of Spirited way is also about you know acceptance, so here I go, I'm accepting my ending, I'm not gonna have a magical uh, hairband to remind me of this experience, but what oh, I will have instead is maybe. When this episode goes live, which reminds me, um, I'm very looking forward to that moment.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast every Thursday. I really appreciate it, even if it's just my mom who listens every week. Um, I like to think that it's just a way of bringing us together. Films, you know, we need to get back to the basics where our experiences with films is truly what you know I like to think that Gwen and I it's why we do what we do and his beautiful existential rendition will be coming to you very soon (laughs) I'm just kidding um when this episode goes up um I just want to say Gwen it's been a pleasure having you um and thank you, everyone, again. I will see you next Thursday on Let's Talk for Reels. Oh, and I can't forget, please check out Screenspec. Um, this podcast has been, is, and will continue to be sponsored and produced by Screenspec. So follow us. And when, where can they find you?
0: Um. So before I say where I am, I would have to say, keep it up, Screenspec. You have quickly becoming no you are you are you are quickly becoming one of uh you know one of my more one of my more favorite applets out there so you know keep keep at it folks uh yeah make sure you drop the screen uh, spec of follow and you should also do the same for me on twitter at nle318 and um well if you're if you're on um you know zuckerberg's site whatever that <laughs> is um I am on there as when dot dot three three four yep, it's very sad. I do memorize my the link the exact link the exact u r l to my profile out there, but you know what I think it's just a good detail <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. yeah, and um
0: i yeah, and I write for a whole lot of um, outlets as I've mentioned in the uh beginning, so you know just. I guess follow my socials is the best one because i i move around a lot so
1: (laughs) that just means he's incredibly on demand and getting published everywhere so make sure to follow um and thank you again and i will see you guys next thursday um i don't know the lineup like i said because i've yet to make a concrete schedule but thank you so much (laughs) Oh, <laughs>